Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. It is Lisa with A Day in Our Shoes, Don't IEP Alone. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for following. If you enjoyed this podcast and it has helped you, please leave me a four or five star review. I don't want to get into a whole spiel before I start today, because I am answering another reader question and it's kind of long. Um, I thought about editing it, but I feel like if someone took the time to type this out, I don't want to edit it. Um, I may pause and let you know that, okay, I'm, that's just a paragraph that I'm stopping and I'm going to enter or answer that part because it's quite a lengthy, it's, it's a lengthy thing, but let's get started. Dig right into it. Okay, on my forum where it says, what is your question? My child's school district has adopted the online computer-based program iReady for diagnostic assessments and instruction. The school is using iReady to determine present levels in my child's IEP. I want to stop right there because I just talked about present levels in the last podcast I did, and this present levels is the section that drives the IEP and the supports and services. And I don't necessarily have a problem with this iReady data being used as part of present levels. It shouldn't be the entire present levels because iReady does a lot of things, but it's, you know, it's not an ADOS if your child has autism and it's not a I don't know. It's not a social skills assessment. It's not, it's not a lot of things. So if you, it doesn't identify all areas of need. So if your district is only using the iReady data to determine need, in that case, I would say that a full comprehensive evaluation in all suspected areas of disability did not happen. And I would request an IEE and I have information about that on the blog. Okay. Moving on. In researching the diagnostic assessment for my child's IEP meeting, I was shocked to see that the information from iReady promotes teachers having data chats with students wherein students are wherein students are shown their diagnostic diagnostic, sorry, data reports and encouraged to do goal setting exercises around improving scores in targeted subtest categories. There are even goal setting worksheets provided where students are instructed to draw and color in bar graphs to demonstrate progress at assessment intervals. My child is significantly below grade level in many areas and her diagnostic report reflects this in red color coded glory. I do not think it's appropriate for students to review this data and I do not want my child to be shown her diagnostic report. I've asked the school for for clarification about how this is to be handled and the teacher training around this issue. Right now, there does not appear to be any district policy or state law regarding the disclosure 
of students' diagnostic data to the student. As far as I am able to determine, there is no policy or requirement that parents are informed or given a copy of the diagnostic assessment report before the diagnostic report is shown to the student, nor is there any requirement to obtain parental consent before doing so. I had never considered this before, and it terrifies me because I don't know that there are any protections to prevent a school employee from disclosing my, to my child anything in her educational record. Could a teacher or employee legally show my daughter her IQ scores or other psycho-educational assessment data without my consent? I know I am required to give informed consent for assessments to, to be perf performed for special education eligibility determination, and I must give written consent per FERPA. But are there any protections in IDEA or FERPA to prevent the school from showing my child their diagnostic assessment data without obtaining my consent? Is there any remedy for parents who do not believe this is good educational practice and would like to prevent it from happening? I understand that I can opt out my child from the iReady assessment, but I would actually like to collect the data that the assessment collects for IEP progress monitoring purposes. If my school district or state has no specific policy or law regarding disclosure of data to students, is there a way to opt out? Um, I assume that I could potentially have this written into the accommodations on my child's IEP, but what about for my other child that doesn't have an IEP? Okay, that's a mouthful. In fact, I need a sip of water. Second, I am not an attorney, nor do I play one on the internet. So this is not legal advice. This is just guidance. This is mostly, when I read these questions, it's just like, okay, if you were my client as an advocate, what would I do? Um, and what would I do? There's two questions here here that I have for you. And that is, do you want to create systems change or do you just want to protect your kids? Obviously one is, I don't want to say one is easier than the other, but um, getting an entire district to adopt and change policy is often a lot less work than making a situation different or better for one or two kids. Um, As an advocate, I would say keep the focus on your child and what they need, and I would handle it that way. Yes, you can get this as an accommodation for your kids, and you can get it added to the IEP. Um, philosophically, and I'm not judging, I'm not judging, please don't think that I'm being sanctimonious and judgy, I'm not. But philosophically, I disagree with you. I disagree with hiding any data about a person from the person. That's my own personal philosophy. That comes from my own life experience, as well as reading a lot of first-person disability blogs, um, 
and the phrase, you know, nothing about us without us. Um, I just, I, I don't know how else to say it. Philosophically, I disagree with, with keeping information from a child. That doesn't need, to, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need all the data all the time. However, when you withhold information about someone from that person, the, that's, that's how stigmas grow and fester because the assumption is made that you hid this from me because it's negative. And if this was a good thing, you wouldn't have any issues whatsoever about sharing this information with me. Right. Um, you know, if your child, you know, let's say that they did a school assessment and it was determined that the child's IEQ was 150. Would you hide that from them? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but if they were gifted, you probably wouldn't hide it from them. So if they're behind their peers in grade level, um, first of all, that's not something that's ever caught up, you know, in six months or a year, or even five years. Chances are that these um, lags or gaps, whatever you want to call them, that they last for, you know, a few years and, and, and maybe even longer. And kids know who they are inside. They may not be able to label it. They may not be able to define it, but your daughter knows that she's behind her peers. She doesn't need this data to tell her that she already knows. And, and it's just my personal belief that hiding it from her again, it just, it keeps going this, this idea that it's a negative thing. That being said, I don't know you. I've never met you. I've never met your kids. You have to parent your kids in the way that you feel it best. So if you want this information kept from them and you want to handle it on a personal basis, I would say, um, I would go big for this one and I would contact your director of pupil services. If your if your district has one, um, just because it's, you know, if you handle it with one teacher or two teachers this year, one, one teacher for each kid, then you're going to have to do it next year and the year after that, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But, um, I would ask for a meeting with the director of people services, tell them the purpose of the meeting that you're not comfortable with your kids receiving this data and take it from there. You can also do then, and I have them for all grade levels on the blog, you know, the, um, there's such thing as, as a snapshot IEP, which is just kind of like the main bullet points that you want to introduce to a teacher or an all about me back to school sheet. And I would include this information on them on, on for them when you go back to school and that, um, you know, Hey, I'm Jane Smith. My kids go here, blah, 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 blah. Just so you know, I have an arrangement with the district. When you do the, I ready, blah, blah, blah. This is how, you know, whatever. You should also have some, you know, be solution focused in that, um, if you do not want your child to not only have this information, but if they don't have the information, then they're not going to be doing the 
skills things that go along with it as far as goal setting and trying to improve on that. And so whenever your child's classroom is doing this during class time, you know, what do you want your child to be doing? What do you picture them doing? Are they going to go to the library and read a book? Um, what do you expect them to do for your child in that time frame? Again, be solution oriented and you'll get a lot further. If you were my client, I personally would ask they or tell advise that you handle it on a personal level with just your family. But if you want to get together with other like-minded parents and try to create systems change, you know, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader because I don't think enough parents want to take that on. And my guess is that not a lot of parents even know this is happening. So that might be something to start kind of testing the water with other parents, your kids, friends, and things like that. Like, Hey, did you know they do this? How do you feel about that? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and see if you can get any traction going from that. Okay. Let's move on to the next paragraph. Can you also please speak about the public display of students' educational records? This has not happened to my child, but it's happening in her district with the same iReady data being publicly displayed on a bulletin board. It's come to my attention that it's an epidemic problem. Just search student data wall or classroom data wall on Pinterest or teacherspayteachers.com and you'll see hundreds of examples of public progress monitoring students' academic progress. Everything from displays showing who has learned to tie their shoes and who has not, to math fact fluency, to number or sight words learned. I assume that these are blatant violations of FERPA um, because there's names. Some, however, only use the student ID number. I see this as being highly problematic because I'm sure every child in the class knows who the lowest and highest performers are and who is who. Um, if the student's... Individual education records are still being displayed in this manner without name, but a student ID number. Shouldn't this also require written consent? Um, and she goes on for about another um, paragraph, and it goes on to um, behaviors, clip charts, all that fun stuff. Um, so... I've just always, I don't, I just always, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of walking into any school or administrator's office. You know, I just imagine like a guy with a tri-tip hat, you know, and a scroll and going, hear ye, hear ye, FERPA says this. So knock it the fuck off. Um, I'm just not a, I'm just not a fan of bulldozing into offices with laws pointing to them and demanding that people change their behavior. I'm not saying you're not right. I'm just not a fan of that tactic. I also agree with you. Um, we know as far as behavior charts and all this stuff, we know that it doesn't work. It doesn't 
help the good kids become better and it only helps the bad kids. And I'm using that term in air quotes and it only helps, let's call them the struggling kids, but it only helps the struggling kids become worse. Okay. It doesn't work. We know this. There's no data that says that these are an effective method of anything. So I agree with you. Um, that being said, there's a lot that goes on, on this, on this great earth in this society that I don't agree with. And I just can't be mad at all the things all the time. There's just too much for me. This isn't the hill I'm going to die on. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to say when you say, can you speak to it? Yeah, it likely does go against FERPA. We know that as far as pedagogy, that it doesn't work. It's not an effective teaching or behavior modification method. Um, there's, we also know if not, <laughs> we also know now that visual clutter in a classroom is very detrimental to a child's, you know, progress and participation and concentration and focus and all that. Um, and teachers really need to, to reel it in as far as going overboard with any kind of bulletin board because it's all visual clutter. And for all kids, I mean, I'm not just, not just kids with sensory issues or ADHD. For all kids, too much visual clutter affects their performance. Um, so there, you know, I can think of a, if you want me to speak to it, I can think of a lot of reasons why a classroom or a school should not be doing this. And I really struggle to find any reasons as to why they should be doing it other than, I don't know, they can't stand the sight of an empty bullet board and they need to fill the space. But again, that being said, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. This isn't necessarily a battle I'm going to fight. Um, I have my, myself engaged in many other lobbying and advocacy battles. Um, if you want to tackle it and, and your last paragraph says, I I've written in my child's school district. I believe it will be addressed, but if a person doesn't have a standing on the issue, namely if it isn't my child's educational records, is there anything I can do about it? Um, it looks like one needs to have their rights directly violated to file a FERPA violation. Um, I would speak to an education attorney about that. Again, I'm not going to give you legal advice because I'm not a lawyer. So you would need to speak to an attorney on that. You can... Um, While this isn't an issue that I'm passionate about, again, if you want to rally other moms and let them know that this is going on, um, you know, I will be your biggest cheerleader because I'm all about parents getting together to create change for our kids. You might want to, uh, I don't know how your school board is, is put together. Mine is put together by regions. So I have a definite, like, I have school board members who are elected because they live in the same geographic area as I do. We do not have at-large board members where, where kind of like any of the board members would be serving me. Um, so I have specific board members to contact. I would look into that to see if you do have specific board members or 
If you don't, it is if it is at large, I would maybe look at your curriculum committee. I don't know if this would fall under curriculum. Um, I would look at the, the list of committees that you have for your school board, see which one this kind of fits with. And, you know, ask to meet with the chair of that committee and say, hey, you know, this is a trend. This is happening elsewhere. Um, you know, you can get something passed on the school board that it's just, they can just adopt a policy that student information, student academic information, or any information really, will never be publicly displayed. Um, if you wanted to handle it from a systems point of view, that's what I would do. You can always ask to be put on the agenda at a school board meeting. <laughs> Excuse me. You can tell them what you've told me, um, and, and see where, see where it goes. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you that there are all the reasons in the world to stop this practice and, and not a lot of reasons to keep it going. But, you know, and, so, and I don't think that a lot of it's malicious. It's just like, well, we've always done it this way. And then people just don't think to change. Like every year, this is the bulletin board that we put up. And every year, this is, oh, it's October. Now it's time to put up this bulletin board. This is what we do in October. Um, so I think that a lot of times people do it maybe out of ignorance, but not necessarily out of malice. So I would try not to assume intent, focus on the facts and just see where you can get with it. Um, again, meeting with the director of people services as a start. And I would look at committees on your school board to see about getting something, you know, a resolution passed, um, about, about that. So. That's all I have on that. I hope it helps. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Make me
Wait.